Hi friends, and welcome to Do The Damn Thing. I'm your host, Lauren LaRue. I'm an entrepreneur, a lifestyle coach, and a content creator for my brand, LaRue. And if you're here today, it's because you're ready to elevate your lifestyle, live more intentionally, and achieve your dreams. And you found just the right place to do so. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Do The Damn Thing podcast. I'm really excited that you're here for this episode. If you clicked on this, it means you're in a season of healing and you needed to hear about grief. So let's talk about it. I really want to just dive right in because I have a feeling that this episode might be a little lengthy, which is totally fine because as you know, I do enjoy talking about grief because I think it's a topic that isn't often talked about enough and I like to have open conversations about it. I'm very open about my own grief and today I am actually going to try and stray away from my own grief. I would like to have an open conversation about more universal grief and how we all have experienced grief in some capacity, whether it's been grief that has broken us down to our very core or we've grieved smaller things in life, still a grieving process, still things that we've had to deal with, but it's grief and I want to talk about this. Kind of a little backstory on this. It has now been, I think this is episode 12 and I believe my brother podcast was episode 6, so it's been a little while since I recorded that podcast and I received a lot of really great feedback from it. A lot of people, you know, were very sweet about it and just saying thank you so much for sharing. It takes a lot of courage to share a lot of vulnerability, which I did. I feel like I was very honest and open about my feelings of grief. I think it was easy to tell that I was very angry about a lot of my grief for a really long time. And in the spirit of my honesty as always, I will say that of course I I've been working with a therapist for years. Um I have had the same therapist since my parents separated when I was 15 and she's been with me through high school, through my brother's loss, through college and I stopped seeing her for about two years when I was in New York. I started seeing her again after my brother passed away and um, I was going through some pretty severe panic attacks and just dealing with obviously a lot of overwhelming emotions and then when I came back to Florida and was going through what I was going through. If you don't know that story, you can head back to the very first episode. I reached back out to her about it's this episode will air in August. So I would say maybe three, four months ago. I think I was just, I was working with coaches and there's a big difference between working with a coach and a therapist. And I think I was really working a lot on my mindset and my limiting beliefs, but I wasn't necessarily still working on some of the really deeper emotions like my grief sometimes. And so I was really excited to just kind of start talking to her again and work on some of these harder feelings that I wasn't really addressing with a coach because that's not their job. You know, they're not a licensed psychologist. There's only so much you can do with a coach as far as like grief and trauma counseling and things of that nature. So anyways, making that longer story short, Um, I was working with her and of course we talk, we talk every two weeks and she had a lot to say about my grief podcast and that of course she loved it and you know of course she knows so much about my brother 
she knew that I had such a passion for talking about grief and that I had such a passion for making it such an open conversation and that I hate that people don't talk about it more and that one of the things that irks me the most in life is that people who haven't experienced grief in a higher capacity have a difficult time dealing with people who have in the sense that I've been in situations where if people know that I've lost my brother and I'll bring him up, even if it has no regard to his death, I'll just talk about him like, oh, my brother used to do that or, oh yeah, my brother liked that or something like that. They'll get uncomfortable and there is literally nothing more that irks me because they think I'm going to get upset or sad or it's very, it's just very awkward. And I think it's because there are people that haven't experienced grief in such a high capacity. So that is my hope with these podcasts that most likely every person because of the world we live in and just life in general I would say we all have experienced grief in a pretty decent high capacity whether it's the loss of a person or the loss of you know a job or a home or a physical thing or a dog or a pet you know something and we understand to a depth that we as you know the objective we or the objective you can get to how deep those emotions can get so when I do these podcasts and you know as the podcast continues to grow I'll continue to expand on grief as I get there but she encouraged me my therapist really encouraged me to do this podcast talking about grief as a universal feeling how we're specifically grieving now with COVID and how much our lives have changed, how the isolation of COVID and quarantine and the change and the trauma has given us a universal grief. And again, of course, I'll preface this. I do have a lot of experience in grief. I've worked with trauma counselors. I've worked with grief counselors. I've done research. I've read a lot of literature on grief So I I do have a good and decent background in this subject. However, I am not a licensed psychologist. I do not have a degree in grief or trauma counseling, but I am going to insert my two cents on this subject. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about this because I will say this again and be very clear. It is always my hope to sort of raise awareness on this subject because I think too many people are uncomfortable hearing about grief when it's something that literally every person on this planet goes through. And it is something that we all go through in a great capacity. We will all lose someone we love. We will all experience grief in its most difficult, deepest, hardest, darkest emotions. And if we can't acknowledge that, and if we can't understand what those emotions look like and feel like on the inside and on the outside and support one another in that grief, then we're going to be very isolated in our own grief. And with that, I'm just going to get started. So I finally decided to do this podcast because about a, I think maybe a week ago, I was listening to a really short TED talk. I strongly encourage you to listen to it. I don't know if it was maybe like a clip of a much larger TED talk. I'll have to figure that out and I'll link it in the show notes either way. If there's a bigger one, I'll link that too. But it was on TED podcasts. So it's TED dailies and it was about 15 minutes and there was like two minutes of ad. So it was actually only 13 minutes with David Kessler. So he's worked with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who's coined the five stages of grief, which are denial, anger, 
bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And David Kessler, I actually don't know much about Kubler-Ross, but David Kessler has written a ton of books on grief. He's a bereaved parent himself. I've read a lot of his stuff. He's incredibly brilliant. I would absolutely love to hear him speak. He's just, he's got a really beautiful viewpoint on death, if I could, I don't know, even shape it in that kind of light. But recently, I would say in the last couple years, he coined a sixth stage of grief, which is finding meaning after acceptance. So you go through the five stages of grief. And let me also be very clear, if you haven't really defined those stages in your life, if you haven't like gone through grief and said, okay, I know I'm going through like denial right now and seen the bargaining or even looked back, like not necessarily that you're hyper aware of it in the moment, but looked back at your own grief and said, okay, I know when I was in those stages, but you can look back now and say, okay, well, I know that that happened for me at this point. Those five stages happen differently in in a very unlinear timeline for every single person. And even if you go through multiple deaths, like if you've lost more than one person, those stages will happen differently every time. There is absolutely no identical timeline for anyone. And it just depends on who you are, how you process grief, how the grief affects you as far as like who the person was or what the grief is. You know, like I said, it's very different. I encourage you to go to grief.com and just kind of, if you'd like a little bit more background on those stages, just look it up because like I said, it's, it's just very different for everyone. I know that for me, I would say looking back at my brother's death denial was absolutely the stage I was in the longest and it was probably like two years I was in denial about my emotions surrounding his grief so not necessarily that I was in denial that he was gone obviously I grasped onto that in like a minute but I was in denial about all of the emotions surrounding his grief and then once I finally accepted those emotions I was definitely in the anger so the Stages of grief for me, I would say were linear, but the timeline was very interesting. From the literature that I've read, I'd say that you definitely find meaning once you go through those five stages. You can't find meaning in between any of those um, because you do have to find acceptance in the death. And I do want to say that, and I'm going to expand on this, I think, more at the end because there's a lot more I want to talk about before I talk about acceptance. I think everyone maybe (laughs) defines acceptance differently, but as far as for me in this podcast, I do not define acceptance as accepting the person as gone and accepting the loss. I define specifically within the capacity of my great grief being my brother, I define acceptance as the fact that I just simply cannot change the grief. It is it, it, it is my life. My brother is gone. That is simply just something I cannot change and I've accepted that. There was a point where I was not willing to accept that. And once I moved through those four first stages of grief, I was able to get to a point where I have now reached an acceptance of that. I I wouldn't say that I've accepted that he's actually gone. You know what I mean? Not that I can actually hear you answer, but I'm assuming you're nodding your head in your car or on your walk or whatever you're doing. So... Anyways, like I said, I'm trying, I I don't want to make this about my personal grief and my brother. Um, I'd really like to talk about this concept of a more universal grief. 
specifically within the last year. COVID, you know, this this grief of significant change, potentially significant trauma that we've been through. I also want to make something else clear. And I don't think I made this very clear in the last podcast because I was very hyper-focused on my grief specifically. There is space in this world for everyone's grief. I think there are different capacities for grief. Losing a job certainly isn't the same as losing a loved one, but there is a grieving process for both. It's not to say that one necessarily supersedes the other, but if you're in a friendship where two people are experiencing both, there needs to be space and an understanding in that relationship for both sides of that grief. Two people can face challenges at the same time. Two people can experience grief at the same time. It's just how we experience those capacities for emotion and how we experience that capacity for understanding is how we can move forward in a friendship and in a relationship. I do want to talk about this just a little bit and then I promise I'll move on to this concept of universal grief. When I was in college and I had just lost my brother, I very, very distinctly remember a lot of my friends tiptoeing around me about what was going on in their life. And I remember kind of a light bulb switching on and thinking, okay, I've got stuff going on in my life, but if people just focus on that and just ask me how I'm doing and just focus on my feelings, I'm going to be bursting at the seams all the time with emotions. I need to know what's going on in other people's lives. I want to hear about their problems because if I don't focus on other people and get my mind off of what is happening in my life for even just a moment, I'm going to lose it. So I remember sitting down with almost every single one of my really close friends and saying like, what I'm going through is very difficult, yes, and it is on my mind all the time, but it does not make your problems any less of a problem in your life, any less significant. I don't ever want you to think that you can't come to me with what's going on in your life or we can't talk about an issue or problem that you're facing. Like Your issues and your problems are still important and valid and those things still matter in your life. Just because I'm going through one bad thing right now doesn't take away from any of the things and emotions that you're feeling. And I think I did touch on that in the last grief podcast as far as saying, I know that there are other people in the world going through much more significant trauma and grief, even then losing their brother. Like that's just one of many traumas and griefs that we can go through. My parents lost a child. Like that's even more significant. So, but that's not to take away from my pain. Like that, that doesn't take away anything from what I'm experiencing and the, the emotions and feelings that I have are all still completely valid. There is room and space in this world for all of that. So I want to make that very clear that just because one person may be grieving in a much higher capacity doesn't mean that there isn't space for another person's grief. So. Okay, (laughs) now that we're about 15 minutes in, let's talk about universal grief. So COVID. I think, and I've I've kind of talked about this a little bit in other podcasts as far as I I think we've seen some benefits from COVID in the light of, you know, time is very fleeting and we need to embrace what we have now and find happiness and find positives and find light and alignment in the, in the present moment. But I most certainly can recognize 
how difficult that has been given the last year and a half circumstances. Now, I want to keep this in perspective. I am speaking in a beautiful home in Florida in a first world country. So that is the light narrative that I am keeping this within. But from the isolation perspective, I have a lot of friends. I am thinking of one in particularly who I met during COVID and she had just moved down to Florida right I think in March as like everything was happening and she had literally no chance to make friends and then she she bought a house and moved in and she had her dog and she had some family down here but there was just not a not a chance for her to make friends and then the job she got down here closed for like six weeks I think and it was just such an awkward phase I think for everyone you know I'm someone who as an entrepreneur obviously I'm not like going into an office every day and when I made this decision to do this I made the conscious decision knowing that that I wasn't going to be in that environment to build that sort of camaraderie and relationship with colleagues you know I'm I have to work to build an entrepreneur community online and build those friendships of understanding online and build that kind of network. So I think the isolation of COVID has been very new and it's gotten us in a very much so grieving process. Grieving implies obviously the loss of something. So grieving is sort of the back end of isolation and COVID of what we're doing. We're grieving what we once had. We're grieving what was the old normal, the nostalgia for what we once had and the the normal that we miss, you know, the life that we kind of took advantage of because we didn't think of ourselves going through a pandemic. And we're grieving friendships and jobs and homes and families because everything has changed in the last year and a half. And a lot of it has been for the good. I, I mean, I've found personally so much positive and so much enlightenment I'd say throughout this year and a half but I know that not everyone has and that has certainly been a blessing for me. I would say that the universal grief right now has been this sort of change that has caused a grieving for this old normal that we miss and I think a lot of people understand that this new normal that we're adapting to right now is going to last for a long time. And it's taking a lot of courage and a lot of understanding to know that we do have to adapt. And that's where I think you start to go through the first kind of four stages, the denial. No, I don't have to adapt. No, this isn't going to be a new normal. No, it's all going to shift back pretty quickly. And then the anger of it, kind of a little bit of acceptance in there, like, okay, maybe it's not, now I'm getting pissed off, like, why is this taking forever, let's get this over with, etc. Then you go through the bargaining, and I think that's going to look different for everyone. And then you go through the depression, which is definitely, again, more of the isolation, more of the feeling of, I'm missing everything that I had, and, you know, things are different, and it sucks, and it's hard, and it's rough. Things are rough right now. And I think a lot of people, again, are going back to the denial phase of, they, they hate that it's so different that they're getting back and forth and stuck in this denial and depression phase. Then, and I think I went through, and like I said, obviously, I'm speaking very much from experience on this podcast. I went through as far as the year of COVID, 
those four stages very quickly because I had already been going through my own depression and going through my own iteration of these phases from leaving New York and things not working out post-college and post-grad and so much happening in my own life, my knee surgery, you know, all of those things, etc. that I mentioned in the first episode that I had reached acceptance in June. You know, that's when I started changing my life. That's when I, you know, had my big euphoric moment. Once I was able to reach acceptance, that is when I found meaning. And this is what I love so much about Kessler's sixth stage of grief. And he has an entire book. I will also link it in the show notes about finding meaning. I'm pretty sure it's actually just called finding meaning. I think I I read it years ago. So I'm pretty sure I read it maybe my sophomore year of college. And I will very honestly say it went obviously completely over my head because I wasn't able to find meaning until like four years later. So now I need to reread it. So I will. But what I'd really like to talk about right now, because I think most people, I would hope and I would really like to think, are getting through the denial, anger, bargaining, and depression phases. Most of us are through that. We, I think we definitely are on the back end of COVID. We, we are on the tunnel on our way out. We see the light and people are at the acceptance phase. But now people don't know about the finding meaning phase. And that is certainly what I want to talk about. But first, I want to go back to that point I made earlier about acceptance and finding meaning. Very, very much so want to point out and want to clarify that they are absolutely not the same thing. People who gain acceptance in the grieving process, whether it's something they're grieving or someone they're grieving, don't always find meaning. It is up to you to recognize how to find meaning and put that thought process into action. Acceptance, and I very, very, very much so want to stress this, is something every single person needs to reach. If you are not the person grieving, meaning you are not the person who lost something, but you know someone who did, your responsibility as the person on the outside watching the grieving process is you need to accept compassion for the grief. And this goes back to my point on people having this awkward disposition around talking about not even an actual grief, but the thing they lost or the person they lost. So me bringing up my brother in conversation, not even his death, but me just bringing him up. So to put this in perspective, what if I'm at a bar with friends and I lost my job recently and I talk about, I don't know, a project I was finishing up and that I was just excited about it and everyone gets uncomfortable at the table. I'm grieving that job still and it is up to everyone at that table to find acceptance in the compassion they need to have for the fact that I am still grieving. So if you lack understanding in the grief, understand that the person who is doing the grieving will never actually, I'm using air quotes here, accept the loss. They have accepted that they cannot change it. And that's exactly what I pointed out earlier. I strongly, strongly believe in specifically in regards to the loss of a human being. It's not that we accept their death. It's just that we accept we cannot change it. Grief, 
lasts forever. And I want to reference back to that TED podcast with Kessler. I really loved something he pointed out. He said, someone asked him, what do I say to the person who asks me, well, how long is your grieving process going to last? Like, what do I do? My wife is grieving. My my husband is grieving. My child is grieving. My friend is grieving. How long are they going to be grieving? And he asks them, and it was very monotone, which I think made the point even more bold. Well, how long is the person going to be dead? Well, my brother is going to be gone forever. So I will be grieving until the day I die. And I have known that since the moment my parents called me to tell me. And that's where I find that belief is that it's not that we find acceptance in the fact that they're gone. We just find acceptance in the fact that we simply cannot change it. So as the non-griever, and I say this with full compassion on my end, it is up to you. I'm saying this as the objective you. I am also a non-griever in other ways. If I'm someone who is has a friend who's just lost someone and I didn't know that person, I am the non-griever. It is up to me to have compassion for that grief because that person will be grieving forever. And I think the forever stamp does only apply to certain things because there are certain things that actually can be made up for, like jobs can be replaced. Another example Kessler used was this woman was so upset that her wedding got postponed. And I think some people can find that a little surface level, but as a woman, you know, most most women, a lot of women, dream about their weddings for years. We, we start thinking about them when we're children. And you start planning it and you put hours and hours and thousands of dollars into this one day and you know hundreds of people have spent money to show up on this day and all of a sudden it's canceled because of something completely out of your control. Of course there's going to be a grieving process but you also know that that day will get made up. It's not that that wedding isn't going to happen period. It's just that that day is going to happen on a different day. So that forever stamp I do think only applies to death but it is up to the objective you to have compassion for the grief that is there as the non-griever. And I think there are certain griefs that we're also kind of set up for, you know, as young children. And I talked about this, I think, I think I talked about this in my other grief podcast. As young children, you know, we're kind of set up to lose our grandparents. Like that's the understanding that that's kind of the first death in our lives that we'll experience. And then, As we grow older, people in our 50s, 60s, maybe even 70s, that's when we lose our parents, you know, like our parents don't live forever. You know, so as time goes on and as people age, you know, once our parents reach 90s, 100s, there comes a point when you know that they've lived a full life, they've lived a life, and time has come to a natural end for them. And that doesn't take away from your grief. That doesn't mean, okay, well, you know, it's, it's time, so goodbye. <laughs> and you don't cry and have emotion and you don't grieve. No, absolutely not. But that is a different grief. We are, in a way, I believe, evolutionarily set up for that grief. But I would say surprise griefs, like sudden loss, losing our parents young, losing siblings, losing friends, losing family. Griefs like that, we are not set up for. 
And those sudden losses are incredibly and extraordinarily difficult. And grieving is overwhelming. It is consuming. And it is unfortunately one of the most natural pieces of life. And that is why I so much enjoy, I would, okay, not necessarily enjoy, but feel called to do these podcasts and feel called to reach out to people I know are grieving, even if I don't know them, just to let them know that there is a person who has an ear that is willing to listen and will always listen and has a voice and an understanding of what they may be experiencing. And I know I mentioned this and I kind of really pinpointed this in my last podcast as far as every grief. And I, I, I do want to explicitly state this again. I certainly come from the camp of believing that every grief is very, very different. I do not walk up to a person who has lost a sibling at my age and go, I know exactly what you're going through because I don't. Because I do not know what it was like to lose that person, that relationship, that bond. I can, on a level, relate and understand to what it's like to lose a sibling and the emotions that may be associated with that. But I have absolutely no idea what it's like to lose that person at that capacity. And that is why the grieving process is so different for everyone. And that is why grief can be as overwhelming or even as underwhelming for everyone. And that is why we have to have compassion and open conversations about this because grief is laid out so differently for every single person. And if we don't have support or if we aren't being the support system someone needs, grief is absolutely the most isolating feeling because You are not just experiencing grief. You are experiencing denial. You are experiencing anger. You are experiencing bargaining. And you are experiencing depression among a slew of other things. So I think with grief, we need to keep in mind in order to reach acceptance and to then find meaning. We don't need to harden ourselves to the grieving process. We don't need to fear it. We don't need to hide it. We need to find support and guidance and unfortunately embrace those emotions and feel into them to reach the acceptance. Certainly not the end because as I said and as Kessler has very much stated in all of his work, grieving will never end. It's just that we reach a point where we've accepted the process that's unfolded. We've accepted the grief and the loss, and it's up to us to find meaning in the loss that we've experienced. And we can do that by honoring the person that is no longer gone, keeping their memory alive. My parents and I talk about this all the time, how much we truly love just talking about Josh, how much we love when someone brings him up to us, how, you know, there is nothing I love more, literally nothing I love more than when someone shares a new memory of him, something I've never heard about him before. When I talked to a friend or even family and they said, oh, Josh did this as a kid or, oh, I remember this time when Josh did this and I'm, 
It's like I'm experiencing a tiny new piece of him and it's so incredibly special. Keeping that memory of them alive, it's not that we have to do it in death and talk about his death all the time. I do that because of the platform I have and the way I try to openly speak about grief in this way. But I don't certainly do that on a day-to-day when I talk about Josh. I talk about who he was and the impact he's had on my life. And that is how I have found meeting. Obviously, if you, I would say if you haven't gotten that already, I will share that obviously I have found meaning in what I do. Josh has given me this extraordinary gift in what I do. I, I wouldn't be here today without him. And... I can't say that I know I would be doing this if he was still here. I have absolutely no idea what my life would look like right now if my brother was still here. But I do know that it would be different in the best ways. My brother would be here. But does it even matter to think about that? No, because I can't change it. So I've chosen to embrace the absolutely incredible gifts that he's given me, and that is how I have found meaning. And we can find meaning in the grief that we have experienced as a collective and universal. The grief that we've experienced from COVID, I think has given us this very distinct idea that, like I've said and like I've stressed, time is very fleeting. We don't have to settle. We don't have to waste time. It is up to us to grab the bull by the horns and embrace the best of life's opportunities. There is only so much we can argue and excuse against the cards we've been dealt and the childhood experience we've had and the way we grew up. There's only so much we can accredit that to. At some point, we have to take credit for the life we live and do everything we can with what we have. And that is certainly what I am embracing. And I think that that is the message that COVID has given us and that this year of isolation and change and grief has given us is a message of embrace life. I think young people, and I was certainly someone who had a lack of realizing this until my brother's loss, I think young people have a tendency to not realize how truly short life is and the importance of investing in yourself and investing your time and wealth and love into yourself. I will stress this until the day I die. The most important relationship you can ever nurture is yourself because if you are not taking care of yourself, You do not have the capacity to take care of anyone else in your life. And I certainly believe that as a parent, as a child taking care of a parent, as anyone, if you do not take care of yourself and nurture and love yourself, you cannot take care of anyone. So this has been an intense podcast, but as a universal grief, I think we are reaching the stage of acceptance and it is up to every single one of us personally to take the last year and a half, take the lessons we've learned and find meaning in them. So I would love to hear from you guys about how you're finding meaning, 
how you're taking the lessons from the last year, what you've learned, what you've embraced, what's changed, what you've learned from the last year and what you've loved about those lessons. If you've really enjoyed this episode or any past episode, I always encourage you to please share it with your friends and family. And with that, I will say goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And I will see all of you beautiful souls next week.